Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. The Labor Department's final rule on independent contractors. What it says, when it will go into effect. Today on the show, the organizing director for the American Federation of Government Employees and Insulators Local 50 in Central Ohio. Welcome to the Wednesday, January 10th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. We have two guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with David Can. David is the director of organizing for one of our national sponsors. That would be the American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE.org. And David is real excited because of what happened last year with organizing. Let me just go back to May. In May, AFGE added more members in a single month than what they had done in eight years. Can you believe that? At the end of July, the union had already surpassed their yearly goal of 8,000 new net members. And they had the strongest September in years, adding over 1,300 members. And then you go to October, well... Even better, they netted 1,826 new members. They were hoping to get 1,500, so they beat it by over 320 members. David is quoted as saying, AFGE is growing, every district growing. We've only shown more growth once in the past 13 years. We are growing fast, and our turnaround pace is unmatched. More locals are growing. Districts are working hard. Councils are working hard. And organizers are holding more events than ever. Now, this was part of a strategy by the union on actually how they approach members. And that's why David is on the show today. He's going to talk about that strategy. And hopefully more unions can learn from that strategy. Dan Poteet will be joining us later in the show. He is the business manager of Insulators Local 50. This is a pretty giant group here. They grew as a result of a merger going back uh, almost 20 years, 2005, between Local 44 in Columbus and Local 79 in Dayton. So their jurisdiction extends from the eastern to western borders of the state of Ohio and two counties in Indiana. Big territory, big territory. They got some big projects uh, they're working on. The uh, OSU Medical Center, Franklin County Courthouse, also the uh, Columbus Airport. Insulators50.com is their website. Urge you to go to that because, because of that territory and the work that's going on in central Ohio, they need workers they need apprentices like yesterday i mean the projects are ridiculous and we've you've heard dorsey hager on the show many many times and central ohio in a nutshell 
has become a hub for technological innovation. We're talking giants like Amazon, Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook, Google, all making significant investments in the area. And when I say significant, listen to these numbers. Amazon just shy of $8 billion, $7.8 billion to be exact. Uh, Google is expanding. Um, data centers. Central Ohio is on the cusp of becoming one of the nation's leading data center hubs. 40 data centers already established in the region. And a whopping 64 more are proposed. You know, I have to have, what the heck is going on? Well, a lot of this has to do with uh, people coming together. You got the right people in office. You got certainly a skilled workforce. You put that all together, people thinking ahead, and we're going to have jobs here probably 20, 30 years out, especially with that Intel plan. So uh, Dan Poteet will be joining us later in the show. And be uh, prepared to pay close attention to what he has to say because, like I said, there are a lot of jobs available and they're ramping up their apprenticeship program and they want to really accelerate it right now and the time is now okay insulators50.com is a website and now a look into the world of labor the segment brought to you by boyd watterson asset management 17 billion dollars in assets under advisement serving the needs of taft hartley funds corporations public funds endowments foundations as well as religious organizations. BoydWaterson.com is their website. The Department of Labor has released a final rule which would make it more challenging for companies to classify workers as independent contractors under the Fair Labor Standards Act. This is monumental. Listen closely. The rule aims to crack down on the misclassification of employees as contractors, which has allowed companies, many of them, to skirt their workers' rights to minimum wage as well as overtime pay. Now, while the rule does not single out any particular industry or job, the rule will likely have far-reaching impacts on construction, trucking, and healthcare industries where misclassification is pretty common. The policy is also expected to disrupt business models like Uber and Lyft, which rely on hiring drivers as so-called gig workers rather than employees. Now, the new rule replaces the independent contractor rule promulgated by the Trump administration's Department of Labor going back to 2021, which established a business-friendly rule for examining independent contractor status. Now, that rule focused on two core factors, the nature and degree of control over the work and the worker's opportunity for profit or loss to drive the independent contractor analysis. However, under the new rule, the agency will employ what they call a totality of the circumstances approach for analyzing whether a worker is properly classified as an independent contractor. In particular, the rule provides six factors to be considered on an equally weighted basis, and here they are. The worker's opportunity for profit or loss, investments by the worker and the employer, the degree of permanence of the work relationship, nature and degree of control, extent to which the work is performed, 
is an integral part of the employer's business and specialized skill and initiative. Now, this framework is expected to tip the scales in favor of workers. The new rule, which will be officially published in the Federal Register this week, in fact, it might be published already, it is scheduled to go in effect on March 11th of this year. So, after uh, much thought, we have a new rule. The Department of Labor's final rule, which would make it more challenging for companies to classify workers as independent contractors. This is a situation that has really torn apart so many people over the years. On December 22nd of last year, 49 workers at Empower Solar, this is in Bethpage, New York, they voted overwhelmingly to join UAW Local 259. The organizing victory was achieved, despite the company hiring lawyers and lobbyists in an attempt to thwart workers' efforts to unionize. You know how that goes. It happens all the time. Well, instead of respecting its workers' decision, Empower continues to union bust. At the end of last year, December 29th, the company unilaterally laid off 40% of its workforce without even notifying the union. Can you believe that? Well, in response to the company's union-busting actions, Local 259 held a rally this past Saturday at Empower's headquarters in Bethpage, New York, and then they took out an op-ed at one of the local newspapers. It was written by Dan Lozano, and he's one of the workers there, and Local 259 Vice President Michael DiGiuseppe. And they wrote the following, working in renewables could be a great job, but the industry needs a healthier balance of power between management and labor to make growth sustainable. These are jobs of the future. They ought to pay a living wage, be safe, and be unionized. How about that? 40% of the workforce. Just blow them, blow them away. You know, we don't need you anymore because you're trying to start a union. All right, we have to take a quick break. David Can, Organizing Director for the American Federation of Government Employees, coming up next. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferrens. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. Are you an experienced mechanical insulator looking to take your career to the next level? Insulators Local 50 in Central Ohio has steady work for a number of years. Insulators Local 50 offers a total wage and benefits package that can't be beat. It's not just the competitive wages. Local 50 also provides medical, vision, and dental insurance with no paycheck deductions for you and your family. Don't miss out on the chance to secure your future. Join us at Insulators Local 50. Earn great pay and the best benefits. Visit insulators50.com forward slash AWF50 to fill out the online form 
and a local 50 representative will call to begin the process. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the US, US, Canada, and, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the North Coast Labor Federation. Let's go to Washington right now. And welcome to the show, David Can. David is the Director of Organizing for the American Federation of Government Employees. Do check out their national website, chock full of information, afge.org. He's been with the union for about 11 years background is a labor lawyer got involved in a lot of bargaining of contracts and for the past couple of years he became the director of organizing and we're going to talk about what happened last year a banner year for organizing david welcome back to america's workforce thanks for for joining us today and let's talk about what happened last year last time you and i talked that there was a strategy in place to make sure that you were going to bump those numbers up I want to talk about that strategy, but let, let's talk about some of the numbers. What, what do we have here all together from last year? Well, um, thanks for asking. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, we had uh, 5% growth last year. Um, it was, all told, our most rapid growth in, in over a decade, and that comes on uh, what had previously been 27 years of straight growth at AFG. So um, folks were folks were not only joining, but they were staying, and they were excited to be bringing, bringing their uh, – their coworkers along to to build union power. So it, it's been a, it's been an exciting time. So can you go across the country here? Now, obviously, some places did better, some regions did better. Can you uh, can you run that down for us? Yeah, and and that's a great question. Um, one of the things that happened as we were beginning to add significant numbers of new members and people 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 were joining um, we'd been in a you know like, and I, my, my suspicion is for for many many unions but not all um coming coming out of uh, covid there had been a bit of a slump um in in our ability to grow um and a few was particularly affected by the trump administration in that they declared a war on the workers right to organize and have a union um, and, and had a bunch of executive orders, which, which hobbled us and, and happened to our, our sister unions in the federal sector. Um, and so as we started to grow, it started to the, the growth was uneven. You'd see that um, in the Texas region or in the Florida region where we have some of our, our largest densities, um, we, we, were, we were growing the fastest. But in the past year, we've seen growth in every district, in every region in the federation. Um, so what's exciting about this 
is the success that we're seeing is universal, and it has to do with strategies and tactics and attitudes and an understanding of what it means to be a member of AFGE and to have a voice on the job, which translates from place to place, from job site to job site, from agency to agency, from position to position. It's been absolutely thrilling to see. You mentioned Texas and Florida, not what you call union-friendly states. I'm just wondering, and you mentioned the previous administration, did that in a way and it fire up the members, especially being attacked in that way? Um, yes. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the reasons first because that's, that's, that's a very unusual thing about AFGE. Is in that we represent the federal government wherever there are feds, there's AFGE. Um, and so it's the case that in about 10 states, AFGE is, by, by number of members, the largest union. Uh, because there are a lot, of air, uh, a lot of states that have gone real far out of their way to stamp out workers' rights. Mm-hmm. And um, as a result, you know, where there's VAs, where there's Social Security, where there's big military bases, um, you've got a ton of AFGE members. And uh, we've, they, we've had extraordinary strengths in, in some, some of the most anti-union, anti-worker states in, in the Federation. In regards to how folks got fired up, um, it's, it's worked both ways. Um, when somebody doesn't have a union, one of the ways that you help them understand why they, why they need to join or why they need to help, why for forming a union is to say, you know, look at your workplace, look at your, your, you know, the terms and conditions of your job and what needs to be fixed. And when somebody sees that there is a real war going on against their right to have a voice or when you know they're 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 being treated unfairly, um, boy, no, nothing helps people understand why why they need to seat at the table like that. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's the private sector or the public sector or the federal sector, so during a hostile administration that made a difference. On the other hand, the Biden administration has gone real far out of its way to make sure that people have the right to choose to have a union if they want, and um, I think folks have have been aware of the contrast, and that's helped as well. Um, so, so people have been eager to, to, you know, have a voice in their union either way. And, and I think that that's made a big difference. We're speaking with David can, he's the uh, director of organizing for the American Federation of uh, government employees. You know, I came across a story, this was a couple of months ago and I saved it for uh, the next time I talked to you, which is today. And, uh, there was a, a move by the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, which I know you are aware of. Anybody sure. in a union knows about the Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. And they try to decertify the union at the uh, National Park Service employee. This was at the Blue Ridge Parkway in North Carolina. But the the member said, no, no you're not going to do this to us. Uh, I, I think that's part of the firing up of uh, of uh, AFGE, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a part of why that works is when people think of what their union is, they understand it's them. Um, you've probably heard of uh, the, the phrase third-partying the union in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, when people think of, well, I'll, if, if you don't mind, I'll tell you an anecdote, and I think that'll help explain it. Um, in, in the private sector, when folks try to organize, um, it's not uncommon for, uh, the employer to bring in union busters, pay them right. $1,500 an hour to dissuade them. 
and they have these captive audience meetings where they make everybody get into a room and they explain why unions are so terrible. And there's been a ton of research about why why that works. And the two most effective, the second most effective one is, uh, they, you know, they tell people they're going to have to pay a lot of dues and it's going to cost a lot of money and there aren't any guarantees. But the most effective one is the boss will say, look, if you need to leave early to take your kids to soccer practice or if you need a raise, you can always come to me. Um, if you if you get a union in here, we're going to have to go to your union boss and ask their permission. You're going to have somebody in between us so that I can't help you. And that, that idea that the union is a third party winds up being the most effective piece of dissuasion that they have when they bring in those union avoidance or union busting lawyers. And so when we organize and tell people and help people understand that the, the union, AFE, is 750,000 federal employees. When another group comes in and says, you guys should decertify, that's never going to work because people understand that the union is them. They're the union. Right. The union is right. everybody at the National Park Service having a voice. And so when they say, you should get rid of the union, they go, that's the craziest idea I've ever heard. We're all the union. Get out of here. And it's never going to happen. And that's a, that's that's a matter of the way we help people understand what the union is during the organizing process. We have to do a shout out. This is a perfect time to do this for uh, local four forty six, and that's the local that represents the uh, National Park Service employees at Blue Ridge Parkway in North Carolina. And they said, "No, no, get out of here, get out of here, right to work, people. We don't we don't want you." You know that that's interesting what you just shared with me and our listeners because. Family, David, you know this. You have a family. I have a family. Family is everything. Family is everything. Okay. And here the union, the union busters are saying we're, the union is going to bust up your family. That's essentially what they have said here, right? Right. No, that, that's 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 hundred um, And and one one of the things that we and and, and I, I, I will share you in uh, raising a glass to the the, the folks in the local. Um, one of the things that we've been been really excited about is when people are joining the union, not because the union is the best game in town when it comes in, comes to representation and benefits and stuff like that, which I, we are, um, but they're joining because they want to take ownership of their workplace. That's something that never changes. That's something that never goes away. You know, if I don't need braces for my kids and don't need the dental insurance or I don't, you know, I'm not, not, not getting in trouble. I don't need somebody to help me with, uh, with, 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 uh, with a grievance. Um, it's not that I don't need the union now. I always need the union when I am the union and when my concerns are addressed and when I'm a part of seeing solutions. Um, and when you've got activism, which is things like winning, winning pay raises and making sure that we avert government shutdowns by reaching out and saying our jobs matter, the, the union activism is a through line that not only helps the union be the family that it can be and should be, but helps people understand that you know the union is nobody but them, and it's only going to work best when they're involved. 5% growth in one year. So what's in store for 2024? We'll continue with David Can on our live line today. David is Director of Organizing for the American Federation of Government Employees. Later in the show, we're going to check in with Insulators Local 50 in Central Ohio. And I'll tell you, they need some help down there because there's a whole lot of work. Dan Poteet, the business manager there, will be joining us later in the show. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. 
the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. This portion of the show brought to you by the International Union of Bricklayers and Allied Craftworkers. For more information, please visit BACWeb.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWatterson.com. The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The the United United Steelworkers. The largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the U.S., U.S., Canada, Canada, and and the the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers. Standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis. You give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. By the way, this next segment... Brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers, oh.aft.org. Before we get back to uh, David Can on behalf of the American Federation of Government Employees, got to give a plug here to what's happening this weekend in Montgomery, Alabama. And if you go to the AFL-CIO website, aflcio.org, you can still sign up to attend the annual AFL-CIO, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Civil and Human Rights Conference. And the theme is Our Voice, Our Ballot, Our Future. And uh, if you missed the show, last Friday I talked with uh, Fred Redman, Fred, Secretary-Treasurer of the AFL-CIO, is going to be there along with, uh, my gosh, thousands of brothers and sisters from various unions. One of them, Terry Melvin. Terry will be on the show Monday. Terry is the president of the Coalition of Black Trade 
unionists. And uh, in fact, he was like six years old, six or seven years old when uh, Dr. King was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee. But he's going to talk about uh, unions on the move, which definitely is a theme for a lot of unions this year, politically charged here. Let's go back to our live line, rejoin uh, David Can, David, Director of Organizing for the American Federation of Government Employees. David, you said in the first segment, 5% growth for 2023. Um, are you uh, pretty comfortable with that number for this year? Increase or what? what what's, what's your gut telling you right now? Yeah, we're uh, planning on continuing uh, our 5% rate of growth uh, for next year. Um, on top of that, we've got a couple other goals. Um, one of them is that we're going to try to take in a, a number of uh, new units. We're looking both uh, within the continental United States and abroad, because we represent uh, folks all over the globe. Um, we're trying to make sure that in addition to doing external uh, organizing, we're increasing our density, um, because the more bar- uh, members that we have in relation to the potential bargaining unit employees, the more, more power we have, um, both at the bargaining table and um, as we engage in our actions. And um, we're focusing really hard on developing our capacity across our different districts and bargaining councils to engage in remote organizing. Um, my guess is this is this is the case for lots of folks as we talk to other other uh, other sister unions um, that telework has increased for folks that are eligible for it, um, where, where it's a, a part of their industry, and the remote workforce has grown um, since COVID. And how do you reach folks who aren't going to be, you know, on the shop floor? Um, we've had success with that. Uh, last year, we won an 800-person unit that was dispersed throughout the country where coworkers hadn't, hadn't even ever met each other um, in person. It didn't have a fixed workplace. And so we're going to work on building our capacity to engage in remote, remote uh, organizing and sharing those techniques with leaders from the Federation. So we're very excited about the 2024. It's going to be a... I'm, 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 I'm optimistic. I can say it's going to be our best year. Oh, good to hear. You, you mentioned around the globe. That's funny you brought that up because I did see a story recently about uh, organizing in Germany. Can you uh, can you speak to that and and how that well how well that went? Because you know unions are a little more accepted in Germany than in the United States. Can you uh, can you reference that for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we represent oh, goodness about a quarter million people in the Department of Defense, um, as it stands. Um, but wherever our service members are on the globe, there are civilian employees uh, supporting the mission of the warfighter. Um, so we've got folks in the Pacific Rim, we've got folks all over Europe, and uh, our 14th district, uh, based uh, traditionally out of Washington, D.C., representing federal and D.C. government employees, um, also represents all the folks on uh, those uh, German military. And they just recently uh, increased their... Uh, their, their effort to uh, go after uh, and, and, and uh, bring into the union family folks abroad. And so they had an election for folks that work on an Air Force base, uh, many of whom uh, didn't really know much about AFG. Um, and while they were in the country that was uh, friendly to labor unions, um, the, <laughs> the, the, the culture in the military and the Department of Defense is, uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, cooler to the prospect. Um, but when you talk to folks about, you know, the, the, the differences they could see in, in their work life, it's, it's a short conversation from there to, to, to building crime and having a voice on the job. And, uh, as a result, we've got 400 new AFG folks, uh, helping push the ball down the court. I love it. 
So you see more of that happening this year then? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to be, uh, be turning our eyes towards Europe. Um, we're, we're looking, uh, we're having conversations today with some folks here in the Pacific. And in short order, actually, we're going to be having an election to represent people in the new, newly chartered Defense Health Agency um, that will include not just Hawaii, but um, Korea, Japan, Okinawa, um, all, all, over, all over the East. So our, our growth is uh, global at this point. Knock on wood. <laughs> well, David, if you don't mind, can, can you share some of the, uh, the strategy that your union has put together in order to make this happen? Because, again, I'm pat you on the back for what you were able to accomplish last year, and obviously you want to continue that into the new year. And I know we got a lot of listeners from other unions, you know, figuring, boy, what are they doing over there at AFGE? we got to do some of that over here. And everybody's fired up, especially with what happened last year, some really good contracts, double-digit pay raises. But uh, obviously, this just didn't happen. There was a lot of work put into it. And and, and I, I know you did, like, uh, like lunch gatherings, kind of make feel make people feel pretty good. Hey, here's what we're going to talk about today. Here's a here's a piece of pizza. Maybe can you share some of that with our listeners? Because I think that's kind of a cool thing. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we've relied on what's called lunch and learns as an opportunity to gain an audience with uh, members and potential members and talk about talk about the issues that matter to them and talk about some of the advocacy that we're engaged in, so that everybody can you know, uh, put their shoulder to the wheel and, and, and be a part of it. Um, but if you don't mind, I'll tell you a very short anecdote that sort of explains what it is that we've been doing and how it's made, how it's made a difference. Um, and this is actually part of what informed our philosophy in the, the effort that we've had, where we've turned away from simply promising excellent representation and service, which we have, but focused on talking about how people can have a voice on the job and be more involved. Um, and so this story goes back about 10 years to when we were first organizing the TSA officers. Um, we were going from airport to airport, talking to folks about how AFG is the most powerful union, about how we have the best representation, about how we've got great benefits, and if you use just one of them, it pays for your dues for the year. And people were pretty excited. But we went to the Arizona airport, and when we were there, one of the organizers, a fellow named Joe Diggs, excellent worker, uh, uh, worker uh, activist, um, and uh, one of the best organizers in the business, um, started talking to folks and said, what is it you guys would like to see? You know, we're talking about pay increases. We're talking about uniforms. We're talking about, you know, uh, guaranteed representation. People said, you know, the biggest problem we have is that at one of the gates where we're checking folks in for security, we're in the middle of the Arizona heat and it's windows all around. We're in a glass tube and it's killing us. It gets to be over a hundred degrees. And, uh, you know, when we see our shift roster and we see that we're going to be at that gate, it's a nightmare. And so Joe sat down with the workers and said, well, why don't we talk to the airport authority to see if we can get that changed? And you know what happened is the workers talked to each other, all got together, said this is the issue that matters most, and they came to the airport authority and said, we need this fixed. The next thing you know, they had blinds up at the airport. And every time I'm flying in Arizona or I've got a connection, I go to that gate to check it out. And I tell that story all the time in AFGE. And it's not uncommon if I'm anywhere near the West Coast for somebody in the audience to come and say, you know, I was one of the people that Joe worked with. And that's why we organized. And they remember that. And they still feel ownership of the union. And they're all leaders in the union now because they understand that being a member of the union means having a voice, and deciding the things that get addressed and being a part in those solutions. And that's been what we've been focusing on for the past two years. That's, uh, I think, a part of how we've, we've been able to 
turn things around and, 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 and grow. And it's a part of why I'm pleased to say he is not just bigger, but stronger than it's ever been. Well, hats off to uh, Joe Diggs. Can I ask you, is he, uh, is he still organizing over there in Arizona? He is. He's with uh, uh, another union in building power, and uh, AFGE sends him all the love and well wishes we can. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That reminds me of the UPS workers in the trucks. You know, there was like 110, 120 degrees, and that, that came up at the bargaining table when they had their uh, contract back in uh, July of last year. So, yeah, it's things like that where unions come in and make a difference, a positive difference for the workers. That's a good story. And thank you for sharing it. David Can, Director of Organizing for the American Federation of Government Employees. Any parting words here before we uh, leave for our next guest here, David? Um, if there's anybody that's listening that's not a member yet, I would encourage them to reach out to their union and let them know the things that they want to see improved and 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 help hope that they understand that the only way you're going to see the positive change you want to see in your workforce is by being being that change and uh join and get involved there you go raise your voice get involved afge.org national website we're going to take a quick break dan poteet business manager of insulators local 50 coming up next this is america's workforce it takes liuna to keep america running over 70,000 public employees are part of liuna the laborers international union of north america delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Alliance for American Manufacturing is a nonprofit, nonpartisan partnership formed back in 2007 by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers. Their mission is simple strengthen American manufacturing and create new private sector jobs through smart public policies. Keyword there is smart. We need to be smarter than ever in today's highly competitive world. The Alliance for American Manufacturing believes that an innovative and growing manufacturing base is vital to America's economic and national security, as well as providing good jobs for future generations. Good jobs today, good jobs tomorrow. Good American jobs. Find out more at AmericanManufacturing.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at UAW.org. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems.com to learn more. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans, and we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers, and we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AFGE.com. 
www.americanfederationofgovernmentemployees.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. Before we get to our next guest, just want to mention the conversation I had yesterday with Tim Driscoll. Tim is the president of the Bricklayers and Allied Craft Workers. And if you missed the show, awfpodcast.com, it was a really good segment with him. We were talking about safety on the job, and he was uh, referencing some new data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics showing the tragedy many families face due to the surge in both the number and rate of people dying on the job. Now, in 2022, 5,486 people in the country died because of their job. And the job fatality rates for black and Latino workers both increased compared with the previous year. Now, in that interview, he talked about that number and about 20 percent, about 20 percent of those fatalities are in construction. We know how dangerous construction is. And, you know, what unions do to make sure you can be as safe as possible on the job. And I got to tear apart those numbers because I am willing to bet, I am willing to bet that most of those fatalities in construction are in non-union sites. We'll definitely follow that. But uh, good conversation yesterday with Tim Driscoll. Right now, let's go to uh, line number two. And welcome back to the show. We had them on a couple of months, and they're in a recruitment drive here. They need some they need some help in Central Ohio because Central Ohio is booming. It has become a hub for technological innovation. And in the middle of it all is Dan Poteet. Dan is business manager for the Insulators. This would be insulators50.com, huge territory. They go uh, across Central Ohio, almost across the entire state. And that's because of a merger almost 20 years ago between uh, Local 44 in Columbus and Local 79 in Dayton. So, Dan Poteet, well, let's start off. Happy New Year to you. How we how we doing there in Central Ohio right now, brother? Well, Happy New Year to you as well, and we're doing fantastic. Uh, like you said, we have a, a construction boom like we've never seen in this jurisdiction before. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch. <laughs> I'll bet it is. Well, I know you're you're doing your best to get uh, because right now the jobs are so plentiful. So where do we stand right now since we last talked? Are we are we moving the needle in the right direction? Uh, we are moving the needle in the right direction. And um, before we go too far, I need to offer an apology to about twelve percent of my membership. The last time I was on, I. I continuously referred to the members as brothers or guys or gentlemen, and I Uh left about 12% of our membership out. We have some of the best women in the trades that are a part of our local union. Uh, 
we have some instructors, uh, some female instructors. We have some ladies that are talking about running for office, and, and they're just invaluable to our group. Uh, so I, I should start off with an apology to those ladies and let them know that I sure didn't mean to infer they weren't just as important as the, the brothers in the local. They held uh, your but, feet to the fire, didn't they, Dan? I, you know what? My wife held my feet to the fire. <laughs> my, uh, she corrected me pretty quickly, uh, and rightfully so. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, we're, we're actually doing really well. Our apprenticeships continuing to grow. Um, uh, we, we typically carried about 20 apprentices. We're, we're at 62 now. Um, we're, we're running a campaign with BMA Media um, that's getting a lot of people interested in coming over from the non-union side, uh, which, which is incredible. Um, I mean, the quickest way to the middle class is to join your local union hall, uh, and, and these guys are starting to get the message, so that's a, that's a really good thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the work is astronomical, and uh, you know Dorsey Hager very well. Each each month, he he brings more to the table. He said, "Now we got this. Now we got that." I mean, Amazon Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook, Google. I mean, data center. After I, I was reading too on your website, okay, forty data centers already established in the region, and we're talking sixty four more that are proposed. What's this going to mean for Local 50? I mean, you have to be looking at some projections here. For, and where, where do you stand with membership right now, by the way? Uh, well, prior to this boom, we, we were about 180 members. We're currently about uh, right at 219, 220 members. Um, I, I would imagine we're projecting being um, around 250 by the end of this year. By the time we really hit um, the heavy workload, and and for us the heavy workload comes a little later in the job than than the start of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I can see us becoming a three hundred man local, um, and, and you know right now we have about fifty travelers in the territory. I I would anticipate those numbers will be up in the uh, in the one hundred one hundred and twenty uh, travelers. Um, I mean, it's, it just all looks good for us. Um, but I, I think what looks best for us is, uh, that we're going into the the negotiation cycle. Um, and with this type of workload, uh, and this type of, um, demand for manpower and qualified manpower, um, just everything's pointing in the right directions for the brothers and sisters of local 50. And not only that, there's some legislation. We've uh, we've had many conversations with, with National about uh, federal legislation, which would uh, add uh, mechanical insulation to uh, federal buildings. And I think that number is like 350,000. So if, you know, if that gets, eventually that's going to pass. It makes sense. I mean, you're going to save money in doing that. That's going to be another area of expansion there. So the, the, what we're looking at, uh, just to concent, concentrate on central Ohio now, um, how many years out right now? Because I'm, I'm hearing from Dorsey Hager that it, we're looking maybe 10, 20, 25, maybe even 30 years out. Are you of the same opinion on that, Dan? If, if everything 
that's projected to go goes, yes, I'm of the same opinion. Um, I'm I'm hesitant about ever pre- trying to predict uh, 10, 15, 20 years out, but I, but I will without a doubt say um, the guys with with 10 years left, guys, uh, they, they don't have anything to worry about, right? Um, the workload is incredible. We're going to be able to provide for a, for a lot of working-class families for a lot of years to come, uh, which should make everyone excited and happy. And, and you met, mentioned the international and, and their efforts to help us with different legislation and, and things of that nature. Um, they've been a, an enormous help to us as well. Um, I want to say they sent 15 organizers from all across the country into our jurisdiction um, in the third quarter of last year. Uh, those guys went out, and, and it was so helpful to have all those boots on the ground making connections and gathering information. Uh, so a big shout-out to, to Mike Hickey, our international vice president, and Terry Larkin for allowing the campaign to happen. Uh, Terry's our general president. Um, so, yeah, kudos to those guys. They've, they've been nothing but helpful. You, you mentioned the negotiations. I can only assume with, with the work that's uh, being laid out in central Ohio, that's going to make it a little bit easier. They want to get through it maybe at a faster pace. I might be wrong. I'd like to get your take on that. So I, I don't know. Um, I don't know that there's ever a time where negotiations is easy or eat. Um, but what, what I think it will do is our last three contracts have been the biggest contracts that our local union has ever seen. Um, and with this upcoming contract, I would anticipate that this will be a historic type negotiations. Um, we should have the ability um, and, and our contractors and I have talked about it several times. We should have the ability to not only increase the contributions into the members' pensions and supplemental pensions, um, we should have the ability to really considerably raise the standard of living for our current and yet-to-come members here in Local 50. Um, This should really be a historic agreement, something that we've never seen. And when is that due? When is that coming up? Uh, our next contract, our current contract expires on June 30th of this year. Um, we've sent, we've sent a couple of our negotiating committee members, myself and Eric Parsley, the president to our third, um, negotiations training class, just to assure that the brothers and sisters of local 50, um, are receiving the, the wages that they deserve, the benefits they deserve and the representation they deserve. Um, I would anticipate that this this will be the time that um, uh, all the members of Local 50 truly stand in solidarity to assure that we bring something that is uh, worthwhile back to the table, um, which should do nothing but help us continue to grow here in this market. Yeah, and that's what we want. Well, uh Let's uh, let's arrange another interview around that time to see how things are going. But uh, we got a couple of minutes left here. I, I want to go back to the sisters here. 
<laughs> this is yeah. your oppor- this is your opportunity to continue to humble yourself, especially starting with your wife. You said twelve percent of the members are uh, are females, and uh, has that number been going up? I you know the trades they're trying to do everything to reach out to underserved communities, people of color, obviously females and all that. I mean, it's across the board. I'd like to get your take uh, on uh, where you are and where you want to be with that. Uh, So the number is continuing to grow. um, And obviously, and um, recently it's, it's grown more than it has in the past. The females we're getting are incredible. Um, We have a couple of, of really young apprentices, that we get nothing but great reports on. Um, we have um, we have a lady, Kathy Young. She's um, on the verge of booking out to a journeyman. I know the the shop that she works for. They're already anticipate anticipating her being out there as a as a foreman, not not just booking out, but they're they're looking to use her right away. Um, Darla Reed is our instructor uh, for the first year apprentices down at our school. Uh, she's she's running a, a major industrial facility for one of our larger contractors. Um, she is just invaluable. Uh, the the ladies that we're bringing in, we are just having such wonderful luck with them. They're they seem to be very dedicated. They seem to be really hard workers and quick learners. Uh, and I, I think the, I think the angle that has helped a lot is there's a lot of single mothers out there trying to provide um, not just food on the table, but medical benefits and dental benefits and uh, vision um, for for their children, and and we have a way to make that struggle a little uh, less stressful for them if they just reach out to us and and become a member. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't express how important these ladies are to us and us. Well, you mentioned that one that's uh, the instructor, Darla Reed. If you'd be so kind, you could forward her contact information. We'll, we'll get her on the show. But you did, you did a nice job there. Your wife will be real proud of you now. You know that. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And I, and I hope so. I hope, to be honest, I just hope that the ladies feel like they are uh, just as represented as the men because they're every bit as important. There you go, brother. All right, Dan Poteet, business manager, Insulators, Local 50, Insulators50.com. You take care. Stay in touch, okay? Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And that'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow, the IBEW. That more. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.